From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. Switches on Battle Line Podcast. Uh, I'm Ian Scotto. I am Chris Peranto. And for those of you listening or watching, you might notice the um, quality is a little bit subpar of what we usually have. And I figured we'd address it on the show. I mean, when we were just doing audio only, we were using Squadcast, which was, to be fair, absolutely awesome. I mean, it's high resolution audio. It sounds way better. Uh, And then they were doing the same with video. So we said, yeah, we'll continue what we're doing and we'll go with the high definition video that Squadcast offers. But we ran into problems here and there. Um, For example, the last episode that you saw with John Keyes, John's video was fine. It was in high resolution. And then suddenly I render the um, recording and we don't see it. So D, our video producer, and I went through a bunch of tests and it would be like the video sometimes wouldn't capture, the cloud recording wouldn't capture. And we just can't afford to do that because I always think back uh especially i mean the the worst one i'll tell you it's happened a handful of times but the worst one man is one with my former show we interviewed before he was really big we interviewed jocko willink and i brought the audio to my house and there was no audio it was a flat line audio on jocko and luckily i mean we were able to redo it and everything but it is the worst feeling in the world and that's why i was glad that at least john's audio recorded so I, I spoke to people who use zoom and they just haven't run into those issues and it is it is uh, a yeah. lower definition lower quality but i mean it's a sacrifice i'm willing to make knowing that we're not going to lose material which would just suck well and it's honestly the majority of our listeners our listeners are listeners and not viewers so but the, the, but the audio is not as good either that's that's and, part of it so we'll just have to enunciate better that's just that people get over it they'll be fine with it i I'm, guess I'm sure. i mean i'll be the first to say i am i am an audiophile like i do love great audio so i mean i just want to address it for the people listening because i know people are going to go oh it doesn't sound as good as usual and it and it doesn't but more importantly we're not going to lose material so uh with that you know what I actually wanted to mention you by any chance? Did you watch the uh, the last UFC uh, that was on Saturday? No, I, I did. Actually, I didn't. I, I saw people post it, but I didn't even know who was fighting. Honestly, I didn't even know any of the fighters anymore. I'm, I'm it's t- times passed me by, man. But no, I didn't. So the reason I bring it up, I just thought this was interesting and, and how it relates to our show. They're showing all the celebrities in the crowd. And the first celebrity they zoom in on is Jack Carr. And I have to tell you, man, this show the terminalist show has blown up everywhere i go i see advertisements for the terminalist and it's funny because the first time um i heard about it was when he was on with our show and he said yeah we're gonna have an amazon series the terminalist i think he announced spencer pratt and you know so many people announce projects that you just never chris chris pratt chris pratt 
That's who it is. Okay. I I don't know actors. <laughs> I just I just because Guardians of the Galaxy. I I know Marvel, but yeah, Chris Pratt. That's it. Okay, and and he's a very mistake. big very big Christian in which, and he speaks out outwardly about his faith, which is odd in Hollywood. So yeah, sorry, yeah. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, my mistake on that. I, I you know me with music, I'll get it right. Ninety nine. And me of the with, time with, and with movies and superhero stuff like DC and Marvel. That's my thing, man. So, yeah, movies. Yeah. I'm bound to just get it wrong. Um, but anyway. It, it, he, you know, he announced this project with us and I figured so many people announce projects. Some of them are huge. Some of them go absolutely nowhere. And it's just cool to see that this thing has become like a big pop culture phenomenon to the point where like you watch UFC and the first person they zoom in is Jack Carr and everybody knows him. And, and, I'm, and I'm glad for him, man, because yeah. uh, connecting with a future guest, uh, we have Brad Thor coming on. Brad Thor is a new book just out, Rising yeah. Tiger. And the first person I ever heard the name Jack Carr from was Brad Thor. And he was like, this guy is going to be a force to be reckoned with. And sure enough, man, in terms of popularity, at least at the time being, not in terms of longevity, he's kind of surpassed Brad Thor. Well, and, and as, uh, as, as someone who's kind of been through that little spur, um, all I can say to him is, is keep your head, man. Dude, definitely keep your head. And I know you've been an author for years anyway, so you already have that cult following i didn't even say cult following but that strong faithful following on your author side of the house but enjoy it but don't forget who you are brother and and promotion no, promotion promotion just i don't think he has and, and also his but it, it's his fame is different yet. than yours in that his fame is as a fiction author really i well, mean that's, that's, say, that's what he's known for you've got that and now you're going into a new area and and yeah my, no mine was not at the beginning it was towards the end that you kind of lose yourself when you get full of yourself so I, I'm just, I, I was, I, people don't listen, say, Tono, shut the fuck up. But he, Jack can say, you know, I got it. I got fine. Got it. You, famous last words that some, somebody that told me when I first started said, Hey, keep your head about it. I'm just relaying information that I didn't listen to by someone who had been there before me because I was too proud. So I, I, I hope in the best, man. And, and I, I like Chris Pratt. And I, I'm glad they put him in it because I, I think that was a help as much as well. And Jack is a tremendous author. So he's got a skill set. Like I said, he's already got that following. You'll always have that base following. I just, I hope he just, he just remembers. Yeah. I just, just stays himself, which yeah, well, time will tell. We'll see. We'll see what happens, man. Yeah. I, I just, I think it's so cool to see how big the show has gotten. I, I really do. And part of that, I do think is the Joe Rogan bump. I think Joe Rogan was on early. Joe Rogan was a reader of those books and he was like, guys, these are fucking awesome. And he got the audience on board. And from there, I think came the UFC connection, but it's, it's just cool to see. So I figured I would mention that um, this show, we're going to be celebrating the life of Glenn Doherty who would have been turning 52 this week. We're bringing Sean Lake back on um, his best friend who we've had on before. And uh, I, you know, we've mean, been meaning to have Sean back on, but wanted to make sure it uh, correlated with something. And I was like, Oh, we got his birthday coming up. Let's bring him on for the anniversary of, of his birth. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I did want to mention this though, man. And, and you saw it in the notes. This was huge. I thought, so we get sent press releases all the time for different yeah. things going on. And I do, I read through them all. It's just, we can't get to everything. We can't get to every piece of news. And also I don't like to cover the same exact things that mainstream yeah. media is covering, but I feel like this went underreported and it's very important. So this is from Tuesday, Uyghurs rally in March against China 
from the White House to USSD. Uyghurs in Washington and Virginia will march in commemoration of the July 5th Yurimgui uh, massacre, and hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, um, on governments worldwide, including the U.S. to support the Uyghurs' right to self-determination by recognizing East Turkestan, East Turkestan as an occupied country. So this took place from the White House all the way to the U.S. State Department on Tuesday. And uh, as they write here, the U.N. is complicit in covering up China's ongoing genocide of Uyghurs, said Prime Minister Sally uh, Houdiyar of East Turkestan government in exile. The world needs to know that restoring our independence is the only way to end China's ongoing campaign of colonization, occupation, and genocide. So we were actually even offered people who were part of this uh, rally as, as a guest on the show. But, we, you know, we schedule things way in advance and we don't really cover newsworthy things necessarily. But this is, this is huge in the fact that I really, we've talked about it when we've had Alex Hollings on the show. China is very much winning the propaganda war. And I think people who are active on Twitter, people our, in our audience have seen the videos of Uyghurs in China being put into trains, put into concentration camps. It is absolutely insane what's going over there. It's a genocide and it's it's going relatively unreported. We have great reporters like Alex Hollings, like Jack Murphy. I'm sure Holly McKay has written about this who are covering it, but it doesn't get enough coverage. Well, it's it's just shows where the money is and where our government lies and where the mainstream media really lies. Money, money talks, guys. And China, China has a lot of money and China China is part of our financial system, whether we like it or not now. And that's we put ourselves in that position. And as long as they are, stuff like this is going to be underreported because it's going to offend the Chinese, just like the Top Gun movie where it offended them putting the Japanese, you know, the Japanese flag. The Taiwan, the yeah. Taiwan. The Taiwanese, I'm sorry, the Taiwan flag on the back of Tom Cruise's jacket. And people took offense to it. It's, it's time for, honestly, for people in the United States government and everybody else in America and all the corporations that Chinese is back. And it's time for them to get a nutsack and say, you know what? Fuck you, China. Eat shit. You're, you're, you're unethical. You're bad. You're a terrible country. You, you tried to destroy the world with your Chinese virus. Trump words, guys, uh, Chinese. But literally, I literally, you get there's an argument for that. Um, it's time for people to stand up to them. And, and well, you don't get our Chinese money. So what? Keep your dirty money. We don't need it. That's easy for me to say because I'm not in the government. I'm not worth billions and billions of dollars. So, but I don't think it'll ever change, brother, unless we start doing that. And it's going to take the corporations and the U.S. government and, and the U.N. is another one that they're they're complicit to this all to finally call China out and to stop using Chinese products and to stop taking their money. But I don't know. I don't know if that's ever possible because people, you know, the world revolves around money, not ethics anymore. So. I don't know. I, I mean, the other part of it, though, in terms of people in the U.S., Eric Prince and his group really need to be held accountable yeah. by, in terms of what is going on. What is your group, Frontier Services Group, participation in building what are essentially concentration camps? Now, I know he has denied this. However, there's been a ton of reporting on this. People, as I said, like Alex Hollings, like Jack Murphy, have been reporting on this for years and what Frontier Service Group uh, Services Group is doing. And this is not like, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, this is not like Gitmo where suspected terrorists are sent there. And, and let's be fair here, a ton of mistakes have been made. A ton of the people have been sent to Gitmo who shouldn't have been there. But this is the genocide of an entire group of Muslim people, the Uyghurs in China, oh, yeah. just based on who they are, just based on national origin. 
and um and I would like to follow the money and and also some blame is is I do think when I look at the fact that Betsy DeVos right who was Eric Prince's sister was the um education secretary under Trump who was extremely unqualified how did she get that position was it meant was it uh, as a favor to Eric uh, Eric Prince and also why are we doing things to help Eric Prince and look I know you've had a relationship with Eric Prince. I interviewed Eric Prince and he was a great guy. I still I I still apparently have what I think is his cell phone number on my phone. <laughs> and 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 honestly, if he ever wanted to call to be on the show and set the record straight on what his yeah. group is doing and and if that's not the case and if the, all this reporting is incorrect, he would be welcome on any time. I would bump any guest to have Eric Prince on to talk about this. But if if there is some truth to what's going on, this is a huge problem. Well, that's where go back to the follow the money, the money, money and ethics and and the Americans corporations out there. Eric is one of those the corporations doing the wrong things because of money or bec if it's because of of them not liking Muslims. Come on, get over that shit. Muslim. A Muslim is not a terrorist. Sorry, guys. And for all you guys that want to lump them together, they're not. I work with them, live with them. A terrorist is one thing. A Muslim is another. They're, they're an extremist is is not. You're you're every well, yeah, day and, Muslim. And, and that, when and, have we seen Uyghurs launch uh, exactly. terrorist attacks on the Chinese? It hasn't and, happened. And so stop with corporations. And Eric could be the first example. If this is going on too, you're right. I, I don't know for sure. And I'm not an investigative reporter. I, I and to be quite honest, um, until you and I started talking about it, I really didn't know much about it. I'll tell you right now. So, uh, uh, but if it is going on, stop that shit. Stop it. Walk away. Stop doing your dealings with, with China. Knock it off. You're just making this country weaker. And Eric could do, set a good example by walking away. But corporations and our government can't do that because there's so much in bed with them and money. And they just will not do it because of the money. And that's sad. I, I thought, you know, I thought people had better better ethics and integrity than that but again obviously i know better than that being in the quagmire of the swamp for how many years after benghazi and then working for one of the most swampy agencies in dc i know better than that i just always would hope for the best i guess i just hope for the best that people will come around in america because i was raised that way in and living in middle america where you feel that ethics are integrity and people's words go a long ways um but yeah, bro, I'm, I'm with you. And the, the only way to stop it is to walk away from China. But people don't have the guts to do that. Uh, that are and, and also, I just think the public needs to be made aware of this. And I think people aren't. And I think it's a huge problem in this country that we focus on basically like one issue at a time and then other issues get totally ignored. I mean, what's going on in Russia and Ukraine? Huge problem. I think people should be informed on it. But there's genocide going on all over the globe. And we tend to focus on one thing at a time and we're sending billions of dollars to this country, yet we're doing nothing for the Uyghurs in China. I haven't even heard Joe Biden speak on this, which could have a lot to do with his own ties to China. Yeah. Um, and, and although Trump was definitely tough on China in terms of trade, I didn't really hear him speak on this either. So. No, never, never did. No, I, yeah. except I never heard anything until you brought it up. Um, I was familiar with the Yazidis and you know, of their up in Erbil, up in Kurdistan and the Yazidis and their persecution. But I, you know, I was in the middle you of the there. war on terror. I was there. I knew all that. To me, this is very, very similar to that. 
but it's not, of course, not being reported. And again, a lot of it is because it's China and because of the relationships, the unethical relationships our politicians and corporate leaders have with, with the Chinese government and money, 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 money. If you don't believe me, look at Disney. Holy crap. It's just uh, terrible. I, that could be, Disney could set a good example right there by walking away from China, but obviously they're so far and deep with China, that will never happen. A hello freeze over before that happens. So I, I, we can just keep saying it, reporting it. Good reporters like Holly, Holly McKay yeah. will report it. And I, 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 I encourage people to sign up and get on her email list. So you're getting her, getting yeah, her. She has a sub stack too that you can subscribe to. You can to. subscribe to, yeah. And you get your, you know, you get her write-ups and they're very well done. You can tell she just writes them very, very well. She's very happy because they're very in depth. You can, I can tell the difference between hers and when she was at Fox, which was Fox. It was just like a blurb and these ones are yeah. full on. Um, but yeah, and, and pay attention to it. And then, you know, call out your leaders when you see it. And yeah, and like it, it like gets it gets bumped because of, you know, when you say that that our articles have to be shortened, like I just know the nature of the news business and you've gotten bumped from interviews. right? Oh, yeah. Now, all we're going to talk about is mass shootings, which should be spoken about. I, I understand. And also the Russia, Ukraine stuff. But there's other issues going on in the world that should at least be covered. And with the mass shooting stuff, I'll also say this. I think the worst thing that you can do, and these news organizations know it, is plaster the face yes. of the shooter everywhere you go, <laughs> because these people, they are they are all, I don't care what their political motivation is, I have no problem saying they are all losers, yeah. they all want to become famous yeah. and immortal, and this is their loser way of going about it, by taking they, innocent lives, and we grant yeah. their wish when we plaster their face, that's why I have no interest in putting this person's face on the podcast, no, or even saying never, their name, I don't want to make them famous, like the uh, the <clears throat> Boston Marathon bomber, Sarnayev, when they put him on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine, like he was a rock star, and I remember David Draymond from Disturbed saying, when I was a kid, Rolling Stone, like I, I envied to be like these people, and I'm absolutely disgusted, like this is not what... I got into rock music for to see the cover of Rolling Stone and they have, you know, Boston Marathon Bomber looking like he's Jim Morrison or something. It, and we've said it on the show a million times. I know I even said it, that, you know, social media and the media itself are turning these guys into these arch enemies of what we grew up with. They're turning them into the Joker. They're turning them into the Penguin. They're turning them into all these evil. And this is what they want to be, all these evil megalomaniacs and homicidal maniacs that have all this popularity that they watch on tv and it, they're just re replicating that social media you know and i would have heard of the gun community and i'm going to tell them here now and you may like me or not i don't care if you like what i'm saying or not but stop posting on instagram and facebook all those pictures of killings of what would you do oh my gosh what would you do in this situation where you see somebody getting stabbed and you use it as a training aid and you're that doesn't help anything. The gun community can actually start by setting the example by pulling that kind of crap off, like you said, pulling that crap off Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, not just the mass shootings, but just those other things that are on there that they use for training value. Hey, and what would you do in this situation? What went wrong here where you see some woman getting shot or some man walking down the street that just gets stabbed out of nowhere? That Use those for your classes. If you have classrooms, do them there, you know, put them in your classrooms for teaching value, but putting them on Instagram or social media does nothing except get you likes, which is what you're looking for. But it also, we, again, we're perpetuating this megalomaniac homicidal maniac aura that we're giving these, these, these kids that 
kids and adults that are just out, they're just losers. They're they're out there. They're they're completely completely lost it, and we're giving them the the the, the fame that they're looking for. Like, man, I'm going to be on this. Even I'm going to be dead, but my video is going to be out there eight million times, eight million people, tens and tens of views. People are going to see it. Man, we're doing this to ourselves. And if the media is not going to pull that shit off, if if other groups within social media are going to keep promoting it, then the Second Amendment, the gun community needs to do the right thing and stop showing that shit. And that's why we're saying it on the podcast here. And we don't care if hey, unfollow us, don't like us, don't watch us because we're not real two way community. No, fuck you. Yes, we are. And we're wanting to do the right thing and set the right example by having ethics and 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 not and stop and not continuing to to turn these people turn these scumbags into these rock stars. I love your it is to the rock stars that they think they're gonna be when they either die or go to jail after slaughtering 16 children or six parade goers i mean that's just man i i i've been thinking about that too a lot and it, it pisses me off it's and it's, and we we could we could as a gun community do the right thing and start speaking out against it but also start stop putting stop putting all that bullshit out there and stop labeling it as training videos on instagram i hate that shit i hate it and some of those people that do it i'm friends with i know they're good people but it doesn't help it doesn't help the situation and they need to stop doing it and, and to knock it off and pull them down. But I, I know we're, we're going long, man. So, yeah. No, no, no. We, we, we've got time. Because as I said, Sean is running late. So we got plenty of time. Um, No, I was going to say, I fully agree, Tonto. Because I, I think about when I worked more in, in the realm of news yeah. and constantly people watching those videos. And I know people are familiar with like world star hip hop, which usually has nothing to do with hip hop. It's usually like these videos of like extreme violence going on and i feel like people then they wake up they look at their phone this is the first thing they look at in the morning they go to they go to sleep at night they watch the news and it's always you know as they say what bleeds leads and it it is just it fucks with your psyche man that is not a good way to be going about life that you're exposed to extreme violence at all times uh in a negative way and you know and and what ends up being like the glorification of this type of stuff and I know that's why you say, you you know, you don't watch a lot of much of it at all. I watch a lot less of it. Um, but yeah, I'm turned off by that as well. I know what it looks like for people to get shot from videos. And I know what it looks like for people to get slaughtered on video and all that. I, I haven't experienced it in combat like you have. But I, I don't think there's any reason that we need to be watching this day and night. I, I think it, once you surround yourself and, and consume more positive media... Yeah your life is going to be more positive. And I think if everything is just horrible and everything is negative and everything is extreme violence, I think it, you know, that is part of why we're seeing what we're seeing. We're seeing mass shootings. We're seeing suicide rates go up, seeing uh, uh, crystal meth. Is it crystal meth? Are they doing that? Fentanyl, yeah. Fentanyl, fentanyl deaths going up. It's because kids get on this, on the social media and even adults and they feel it's hopelessness because everything's awful out there. The, Every, the the all the violence that's going on that I but I and I'll say guys there isn't a ton of violence where I live I I know there's a few of it but again I live in a smaller area I'm not in a huge city but I don't wake up and see that every day and I know there's violence I've experienced violence I know what violence is I've had to be violent to save my own life but it's not something that I need to see every day and it's not something that helps people every day and and, and it's not it's not the real world as much as people want to say it is it's not it, it, there are great things and good people that help each other 
but we don't see that on social media because it doesn't get the likes. We don't see that on the news because it doesn't get the ads, the ad revenue in. And I, I still believe this is a great time with all this shit going on and the mass shootings going on. And, you know, even this, the social media manifestos that all these killers are doing before they even yeah. go on and nobody's saying a word about that. This is a great time for the gun community to actually do the right thing. And, and that would be, honestly, that would, I think it would shock everybody that is anti-gun and be like, holy crap, maybe the gun community isn't what we think it is. It isn't these guys waving rebel flags, you know, wanting to destroy everything that isn't white, which some of you leftists that I'm friends with, that's what you think, because you've asked me about it. Hey, how many of those rebel flag guys do you have coming to your courses at Battle Line? Um, none. Uh, it, it's 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 ridiculous they're they're filming their oh well, i'm thinking of when we were in fort scott it's the most versatile group of people i know i mean <laughs> and that's we had john fast. keys and sure michael who are and and hank strange who were black we had several asian people there we had women there so it was a pretty pretty versatile group of and that's of people that's, and that's normal you know hank strange the godfather that dude is the he's been been around forever he's most part one of the most well-respected guys in the 2a community and that oh, that dude's African American. That dude's black. So what? Who gives a fuck? We didn't. Nobody saw that. No, it's not community. something. I'm only pointing it out because yeah, of what you're saying. Yeah, sure. No, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you are because we. This this is all. Everybody's going to look for something to blame, and if the gun community comes and does the right thing, like I'm telling you all to do, and I am, I'm telling y'all, you can say you can tell me to fuck off. That's fine. You won't be the first. You won't be the last. But do the right thing. It would really be a great example because it would be something that the majority of the mainstream that doesn't know the two community it would shock the hell out of them and it, i think it would also say you know what if they're doing it and they're in that world then maybe we should do it too so and if it not still we're taking stuff off the internet that doesn't need to be there and I, i'm sorry guys that you get your tons of followers with it i love y'all i know you guys and a lot of you guys have served overseas and served well I'm not going to call you out on because I don't do that to you. I'm not. But the people that do that on Instagram that follow me and I follow them and have a huge following. And that's what the primarily their posts are under the training aspect. Stop. Knock it off. Find something else to post. Uh, but if you want to use those things, use those training things for your classes so you can actually talk about them. You can dissect them and actually use them for a training value than just putting them on social media, which is really just shock value more than anything else. So uh, bro, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, and, and, the, and that also going back where we started with the Chinese stuff, you know, it goes back to that, to where maybe having ethics and reporting again and reporting stuff that isn't just. And that's the thing. I, I think all this stuff is reported by great journalists. The truth is we only, and I've said this before on the show, I know I have, we only have ourselves to blame. The only reason this stuff, is reported on so much is because maybe not this audience, but I'm say you people as in everyone as in our country, this is what we click on. Yeah, I, I have I have a great friend who is one of the best journalists who worked in Queens, and he's now working in real estate because he's like anytime I did a really in depth investigative piece that I really worked hard on, it didn't get clicks. And then I would write some bullshit about whatever was the popular thing this week, and it would get all the revenue that the newspaper I worked for needed that week. And he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And there's a ton of real journalists who are like, I put my heart and soul into these pieces. I do my work cited. I get my you know sources, interview people. 
Um, but you know, it's not going to get as much as if you post a picture of this yeah. idiot who uh, who <laughs> did this mass shooting. And these people I see on Twitter: was he a conservative? Was he a liberal? Who? Was he a Trump supporter? Who gives a fuck? Who gives He's a, a shit. piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's they're, they're, we're, it's their fault. It's their fault. It's their, no, it's our fault. It's everybody's fucking fault, guys. I when are we going to figure that shit out? And, and to quit, there's so many reasons why I am why I am an independent because I'm sick and tired of their fault, their fault. I spent, and the veterans can help me with this. Everybody that served in the Middle East and the Global War II can help me with this. Wars were started because it was everybody else's fucking fault. The only time that wars go, well, the, the wars go because each side is right. Honestly, no side is right. The only side that is ever truly wrong is the side that kills innocents, kills children, kills and and, and does it maliciously. And, and I hate to say, man, have I seen children die due to collateral damage on our end? Yeah. And you've seen reports of it as well. So to say that we were right as well, looking back on it, I, I'm, I'm not going to say it wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I, I didn't like what I did. I loved my job. Um, but there are times like, man, I don't think we're right. I don't think we should be here. I don't think we should be overthrowing this dictator because this country is going to go to shit, uh, i.e. Libya, i.e. Yeah. Yemen. So it's the same thing here. You, neither side is right. Um, Christianity is right or religion and faith is right. And I say it that way because I have Muslim friends and they are just, just as strong in their faith. And they're just like me is believing in Allah and God and, and, and what we need to, this faith is really generally the same. It's the extremists that are not, um, but believing in what the constitution says, you know, is right. And, and just having virtue and ethics and integrity is right. And money is wrong and likes is wrong. Money is wrong up to a point. You got to have money to live. Yes. It's nice to have money where you don't have to worry about like what's your what's your buddy Unger said? Oh, Rick Unger, yeah. <laughs> Rick Unger. Fuck you, money. <laughs> you know, it, it, but does everybody need to have that amount of money to be happy? No, but I'll give you no. I'll tell you for my no. You don't. You don't need the billions of dollars. Sometimes having more money makes it worse. The only thing money makes you worry less about is money. Is having money. Is paying your bills. But that doesn't mean that you need to go out there and sacrifice your ethics and integrity just to get more clicks and likes so you can actually get more money from endorsers and sponsors that want to use you as a public figure because you're we're destroying the country that way we are we are and the media itself you guys need to check yourselves big time mainstream media corporations like disney you need to check yourselves you're selling this country out and i don't even think they even realize it if they do they don't care and that's sickening because you are americans and you're starting most of your corporations out there we're american companies and this is the country that made you what you are. So I think you have a responsibility to stop doing the shit that's destroying it and stop, then stop blaming it on a group or a group of, of whatever the two, a group or the, you know, or the, uh, what's another group out there that would, they're if any supporter it, of any candidate, any yeah, candidate, no, I, any I candidate agree. Yeah, you know, yeah, political not, groups. I don't yeah. care if it's a Trump rally or a Biden rally. The, the, you're not going to find a lot of people who you're going to find anyone who agrees with what went on yeah. or any of these shootings. Yeah. You're not. And, and yeah, I agree. I, to, to villainize everybody is, is just wrong. And 
Um, but as I said, I, I do think just you could also point the finger at all these companies. But like I said, it's also just individuals. I think people feel because they're not necessarily buying magazines or newspapers anymore. They're not supporting a certain thing. But really, your value now is in your data. And these companies are getting your data. And yeah, these companies yeah. are are getting they're selling your name to advertisers, selling people to advertisers, which is what all media is. But that's all based on what you click on. Click on so if yeah. you if you're clicking on other things that are positive um, and news stories that are underreported, then they'll be they'll be reported more. But if you keep sharing out, you know, what is the big story? It's what they want because it actually makes their job a lot easier. They're just covering yeah. one story. And then for it's but for 24 hours, you can just bring on fucking analysts about uh, about this one guy, you know, and, and it's it's wrong. It, it, it is it, it being in the middle of that too it's 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 uh it it it's hard to not to not go into that and talk about it especially with people that have asked me to come on and talk about mass shootings and this and being part of the e3 farms association and battle line i know in the future i'm going to be asked about it as well it's going to happen but there's a way to turn it around where you don't have to talk negative yeah he's a scumbag he's a piece of shit but this is how you know, this is what we need to do to fix it, not just defend ourselves, but just be better people, be better humans to each other. And you're right. And turn off the media. I say that every time, even though they hate me for saying it, turn off, turn off the media, turn off, get off your Instagram, get off your Twitter, go outside, go enjoy the fresh air. Just go sit and go sit and talk to somebody, you know, and get off this crap and quit clicking it and stop following people that do post all that stuff. And I know how negative it can be. Believe me, having the 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 having the the ability to look back at my old accounts, which were really completely negative, my old Instagram and Twitter accounts, and and you know I shit can those, but to see how easy it was to get followers in comparison to now, where I don't do a lot of that posting, I, people are gonna say, Chris, Chris, how do you Artano? How do you know that you're telling the truth on this? Well, because I've done it both ways. I I know what it's like and how easy it is when I'm negative and I hate and I'm pissed off and I'm angry and i want to post and i used to post those same kind of pictures the training video pictures i the training videos to, uh, of people getting hurt and stabbed and killed in this to, and to see how the following just blew up like that and then to get rid of all that because i knew it was wrong and it wasn't helping me at all and then to start it where i'm trying to be more positive and yeah the followers are still there but it's not even near as fast it it, it disappoints me because it shows me what people want to click on and so I can yeah. say it with certainty. Yeah, this is we want to click on this negative stuff. Walked on. How do you know? Because I've done it where I've tested it, not by choice. It was just an accident because I needed to fix my life. And I can see that whenever I post anything about ethics or integrity, um, even if the picture is just the same picture as something that blew up on on a negative side. Um, it gets not even a third of the likes. And that's that's kind of disappointing. It really is. And it's kind of in, in how we are in our state of mind in this country. People don't want to hear that. Or maybe they want to think about when I talk about morality, that they don't want to look at their own morality and if they're having an immoral life. And maybe it maybe it worries them. Maybe it makes them feel guilty. But I'll tell you what, guilty and shame um, sometimes are great teaching tools. And I've been through both and they've taught me. I'm not telling you have to guilt and shame everybody, but even in yourself, guilt and shame work well to fix your lives if you're willing to look at yourself just as much as accommodation, uh, a rec accommodations, if you've done well, uh, and, yeah, and sure. so it does. So uh, probably more so, right. I mean, I, 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 I don't I, think I, you really I, learn from, you know, your wins and from celebrating that's, I mean, that is what I mentioned Jocko Wellink earlier, but 
Jocko and Leif's book, um, which now I'm trying to think of the, the title, but that's what the whole book is about that they wrote. The whole book is, man, I'm going to look it up because I, and I know that that's, that, yeah, I know that's what the entire book was about. And it was a good book. And, 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 and it's actually it's, what launched Jocko's career. Um, why am I forgetting it? Because that's the title of the book <laughs> is basically uh, exactly what we're talking about. Um, and that's what I wrote. Extreme the range, ownership, range, extreme ownership, extreme ownership which know? the whole thing was about, like owning your mistakes. Take and responsibility the fact, for your exactly. Actions. And, the, and yeah. the whole book was a, the whole book was about all the failures that that, that they had. And actually... I do remember, and, and I read I read Jack Murphy's book, and I don't know if you know this. I mean, the 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 yeah. beginning of Jack's book, it says he was inspired by two books. He was inspired by your book, and he was yeah. inspired by that book. And he said because I didn't want to write a book about this is all the great things I did, yeah. and that's why I remember actually before that book came out, people were um, kind of trolling Jack and his accounts, and they said, "Oh, are you going to write about when you shot that guy in training?" Because there were rumors about that, and sure enough, he writes about it in the book. He's like, I, I fucked up. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's, that, yeah. that's how you, yeah. You that's gotta, how you learn. You, you yeah. learn from your failures and you learn that that's the Ranger way. That's all that is. I'd reiterate your thoughts. What's Ranger way about me, me being a fuck up. <laughs> that's yeah. I tell people. Somebody, but it's about having those failures or failings. And I, 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 I want to say failings. Cause when I say failure, that to me, that's the mass shooters. You guys are fucking failures. You're, you're losers. Yeah. A failing is just something that you, shooting a guy in training. And Jack wasn't the first and he won't be the last. It, it happens. That's what live fire training, that's why it's inherently dangerous and you have to do it. And, but mistakes happen. But that failing, but learning from that failing so you don't replicate it. That's how you become successful. I mean, do you think Tiger Woods or or do you think Bill Gates never failed before? And he's, oh my gosh, how many times? I, I, I can't. I would I, put Bill Gates in the failure category. In the failure personally. category right now. <laughs> Uh, you're right. He's he's overstepped the line. I he think he's in the evil genius fa- category. Yeah, he went so. to the failure side of the house, but but Tiger Woods, yes, that's Tiger that, Woods, that's or, or, yeah. or or just somebody in the IT, or if you don't like sports analogies in the IT community, do you think the IT community would be where it was at? Granted, it's it's a monster now that we need to rein back in. We need to rein that monster back in, but wouldn't be where it's at without failings. The medical community. Finding treatments for diseases. Do you think that they haven't failed a million times before they found the right, right mixture of concoction of their mad scientists, you know, <laughs> antidotes to to find the cure for, you know, kind of cure for these even back in the day, smallpox and all sure. that. Uh, you know, failings take place so we can learn from them. And then we learn from those failings. So when we're faced with that situation where we might fail again, we won't. And the reason we won't fail again is because we learned from the past failures. So now we know what to do correctly. Yeah. And, and that's, but that, and that's essentially what special operations is too. That's why you, the training is so hard. Every time you go through training, you're going to fail at something. And then you do your after action review or you're at, with everybody in the room and they call you out. So you, so everybody fits, she's your failure, which is a shame. And you feel shamed in front of everybody, but you also know, and they teach you that, okay, this is what you should have done correctly. So that shame is there, and but then the learning aspect is there too. So you don't replicate it. So when it's for real, you don't make that mistake. And yeah. and I actually learned that in football too. Football is a great example. That's why you, I don't know if everybody's played football, especially college football. After a Saturday game or a Friday game, when you come in on Monday or even Sunday, you watch the game film and they dissect it. You do, of your, course. So that's yeah. where that Monday morning quarterback, Monday morning quarterback thing comes, comes from. from. But with with that, we do. Now have you to got get to it. Yeah, yeah. Like, is he good? Is he ready to go? 
I think so. He said he was going to be at this time. So, I mean, we do want to celebrate the life of Glenn Doherty. And for those who don't know, I mean, Chris is wearing the shirt. If you're watching video, Bubs Naturals was the uh, inspiration, uh, basically the inspiration, I should say, for Bubs Naturals was Glenn Bub Doherty, uh, Navy SEAL who was there in Benghazi. And we're going to be celebrating his life today. But talking about the brand a little bit, Bubs Naturals is absolutely incredible. It's something that is great for post-workout recovery. You're not getting collagen in your diet, uh, most likely. I mean, there's very few things you could eat with collagen in them. So it's, it's just a great supplement. And they're fully transparent. It's single source. So you know exactly what you're getting. I mean, I mentioned it last week on the podcast, but there's been a big scandal with this turkesterone supplement because companies are not putting what they're saying is in their products. So I know when I take Bob's Naturals, I'm taking something that is in there and that is uh, dosed exactly how it says on the package and that it's helping with recovery, joints, skin, hair, nails. They're just all great supplements. It is fantastic. I have it in my coffee right now. Every morning I take one scoop of the protein and one scoop of the MCT oil. And then before I go work out, I take one scoop of the protein and one scoop of the MCT oil. And I'm 51 years old and I can... I'm gonna, I, I ran five miles yesterday and I worked out and I go and play soccer and I jump on the trampoline with my kids. I couldn't have done that without having the ability, Bub's ability to rebuild my joints and help with my gut. And it has been tremendous life changer and it tastes good. The MCT oil tastes better than any powdered creamer I've ever put in yeah. my coffee. So guys, it, you gotta try it. it it's gonna help you. you. Let it get in your system. It takes a couple months to get in your system. It does, but once that, it, you're off and running and you start to feel the immediate results of, of healthier joints, stronger muscles, my hair and my nails grow now. And I'm 51 years old. I should, most guys are losing their hair. I'm actually growing <laughs> hair. And my nails are growing. It's fantastic stuff. And of course, giving back to the Glendora Memorial foundation makes it an easy choice to take bubs. Yeah. yeah, absolutely guys. And the MCT oil, the cool thing, as you said, with the flavor, it's that natural coconut flavor. Yeah. So I love that. BubsNaturals.com, promo code BATTLELINE, and you get 20% off. It's the best deal you're going to get anywhere. BubsNaturals.com, promo code BATTLELINE. Also, as always, this show is sponsored by our friends at Fort Scott Munitions. Fort Scott is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that it received the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states. Just go to the dealer locator right there on the website. And uh, what were you saying? Uh, there's one thing about Fort. You can actually start ordering ammo off the website again. They're back awesome. up. To, yeah, they're back up to to their to their levels now. So if you want ammo, go online and you can order ammo. I'm sure specific, state specific, specific still, but go check them out, guys. And if you're in that state, you can order it and they'll ship it to you. That's perfect. And and the website is so easy to go to. It's fsm.com. So when you use the promo code BATTLELINE, you're going to get 15% off on your order on on most items. Most items. I don't know about the night vision, but um, (laughs) it's only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. FSM.com, promo code BATTLELINE. FSM.com, promo code BATTLELINE.
There we go. Did you hear us? Did you see us? <laughs> I heard you. I see you. So you're I seen like and heard. I'm going nice. to say you're right, too. Like, it's not what everyone wants to be in the world. They want to be seen, yeah. right, and heard. No, not me. I want to be disappear. <laughs> I want to go and nobody knows who I am anymore. I'm Sorry dead. about that, though, man. We were just, as you kind of know, we do the intro and we were wrapping that up. So I was, you know, sometimes I have to cut off Chris and be like, we got to get to this shit, dude. Come on. <laughs> My fault. Um, not, not to call it good. shit because we're, we're very excited to have you on. <laughs> no, well, well, well there's, there's two things. One, I, I, I pride myself on being somewhat punctual. Yes. And, uh, and then, you know, here I am going like i have to shoot you a note at 8 a.m hey i've got summer camp kiddo drop off Uh, i'm gonna be about 15 minutes late oh it's so fun oh yeah i talk about that i want to talk about that definitely well we'll get into it what were you saying because i was going to say i'll give you an intro unless you wanted to you finish what you're saying no 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 let's let it roll like i'll I'll roll right into what summer camp looks like what the what the morning commute's all about (laughs) but i will say this before we get started Tonto, if you want to roll off into obscurity and not be seen, right, and heard, you are in the wrong profession, my friend. I know. I, know. I don't have a choice. But the benefit of this dude is that my wife does it all with me now. So at least I'm not doing it alone, which makes it, that's why I'm smiling instead of like this when I used to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. I hate this. I hate my, no. So I'm, I'm good, man. I, and, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Thanks, man. I, I I don't think I can retire now for another 10 years, but I'm saying this shit right now. But I know if I went away, I would be like, man, I'm kind of missing the bubs and I'm missing the Fort Scott and I'm missing the podcast. So yeah. I'm, I'm just at that. I'm at that crossroads right now that getting into the old age, I'm not quite ready, but I'm getting there. So we're good. We're good. Yeah, but I can still yeah. bitch about it. Come on, I'm a ranger. Ranger's bitch. That's what we do. Dude, dude, look, look, we, <laughs> we got plenty to complain about out there in, in the world. So so we won't won't take that away. And yeah, you know, we'll talk about it in 10 years. And you know what's going to happen in 10 years? We're going to say, yeah, I don't know. I could do it for another 10 years. I could do it for another 10 yeah, years. Yeah, that's just, true. Just give me some more bucks. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So with, with that, I'll give an intro. We'll keep that all in there because it's it's fun So for the audience. But um, with that, Sean Lake is on with us, co-founder of Bub's Naturals, best friend of Glenn Bub Doherty. Sean was last on with us, episode 79, which was in April of 2021. And we've both, Chris and I have both been saying we have to get Sean Lake back on, but we wanted to do it for, you know, a certain occasion. And when, when I was, uh, you know, coordinating with you, I was actually thinking like, is there an event coming up other than of course, Benghazi on 9-11? And there in fact is because this week we're celebrating the 52nd birthday, what would have been the 52nd birthday of Glenn Doherty. And, and actually I think the first thing that would be interesting to get into with you, Sean, is like, you spoke about this on the last episode with us that Glenn was kind of trans transitioning out of doing the contracting work. He was saying, this is the last time I'm going to do this. Your famous last words for a lot of guys. But I know that the one time I got the chance to meet Glenn Doherty, he was doing some writing. He was transitioning into other things. And so I'm just wondering if Glenn Doherty was still here with us in 2022, if you had to guess and none of us ever really know, what would he be doing today? All right. One, that's a phenomenal question because we're talking about, you know, darn near 10 years after yeah. Benghazi happened. I mean, we're t- it's 10 years this year, which is mind blowing. Cause I, you know, yeah. I can't speak for Chris, of course, but I can say like, it feels like yesterday, like some of those memories and, and kind of, you know, from, from my side of, of, of that experience feel like it just happened. So where was Glenn at that time? 
he was truly in that transition. I mean, he had figured out what, like he he figured out mapping that next step and he was going to go to, you know, physician's assistant school. He was going to move back to Utah. He kind of like, he was putting the timeline together. He was building the budget to do it. And that means he's serious. Like he's, if he's going to spend money, if Glenn was going to spend a dime, <laughs> you knew it was real. And, and he was kind of putting those pieces together. You know, he knew that, you know, Heather and I, um, my girlfriend at the time who has become my wife and, and, and he knew that we were getting serious. So there was this like seismic shift where we had held a really cool vibe and, and, and life for, for a while, but it was time. So it wasn't just his body talking. It was his mind. Um, so where would Glenn be today? Glenn would have written a book and I'm going to say would have written two. Now I'm saying this largely because like, look at who his best buddies were yeah. in seal team three. Like, he was surrounded by New York times, best-selling authors that did all of this work after Glenn passed. I mean, Mikey Ritland's got like two or three yeah. books out yeah. by now. Um, you know, Clint Emerson, the hundred deadly skills, like that yeah. franchise of books is out. And, you know, there's a lot of Glenn's teammates, guys that had, had worked in GRS with him yeah. um, that have like these really strong media personalities. Now, I don't know if Glenn was ever going to go like super front of the camera, but don't forget, he got a taste of that when he did that show, The Wanted. It was a very short lived oh, yeah, network right. television yeah, show. Yeah, and and he was a part of that. Um, and man, his storytelling was so good. And, you know, Ian, I mean, you got some exposure to Glenn, but like he would yeah. come in and just weave these narratives. It would be maybe 30% reality, 70% fiction, <laughs> but you believed all of it. And if that isn't like the fodder for becoming a great author, I don't know what is. I, he would have been, he would have had the terminal list. He would have been Jack Carr. It would have been Glenn Carr right there. Glenn, <laughs> Glenn yeah. Bo, and I, I honestly, honestly believe that. Yeah. He, he just yeah. Tremendous, tremendous individual. And the I'm going to say, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And honestly, the, on the Jack Carr tip, probably with a lot more like, you know, couldn't help himself slide into some R rated X rated material <laughs> in there. I mean, yeah, that's with, with, with Glenn and, you know, the, the 10 years to me, I, it, 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 it doesn't feel like 10 years. I guess I just don't think of it that way. Um, I, I know it's harder every year for me because I, I think I, I had that that when it happened and then kept working and then the movie, I was able to think of other things. But now that I'm home, I think about it more, which is I think that's normal. To be honest with you, I think yeah. that's all everybody that goes through it. And as we get older, we the stuff that we've pushed out of our heads to try to forget it, we can never forget it. It creeps back in. But that being said, it, it, it doesn't bother me. It, it actually, I, I actually can look back and look at it and think, man, that, that was amazing. Um, and I, I don't want to offend Glenn's family or, <clears throat> or you, Sean, at all, but it, it is, it's just, I can think back and just, I remember the gritty stuff now where I, I, I tried to forget a lot of that. And now I, I can you, actually, do you think you tried to forget or do you, think I don't like think I did. Like I think I so just, much. I think there's just so much going on. I could focus on other stuff. It wasn't, I was trying to forget it. It's just, I wasn't trying to remember it. Now I'm now there's a difference. There's now that I, I sit back and, and, you know, even I'll hear music or I'll watch a movie 
that has to do about it doesn't have to be 13 hours it can be any tv show or movie about sacrifice and guys sacrificing themselves or i'll hit a hear a lauren bath you know the guy that did the soundtrack for the movie who's i can't believe we still got him for the movie that's that's amazing in itself but i'll hear just something tune an ominous tune and it will take me back to right even just on the airfield and it'll make me cry. I will. I, I will. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I think it's just me dealing with what went on and remembering it more and remembering and having the vivid, vivid memories of it now. Um, obviously, you can see how I'm moving when I'm talking about it, it, it but that's not a bad thing. I think people think yeah. that, oh, man, you're having post. Well, yeah, I do have post-traumatic stress a little bit. Yeah, it's fine. I got it. But yeah. it helps me remember the good things, too, because I still remember. I still I know we talked about the last episode. I still that day watching. Black Dynamite with Glenn, and he's the only one that would watch it with me. See, that still reminds me. I remember that even more so in Tripoli. With, so I remember the great things. I remember the stuff yeah. that made me happy, but even the bad stuff, it still is a memory that I, I don't want to forget. And I, I'm glad I'm not forgetting it, but uh, but I want to remember it, in a, try to remember it in a good light. I know it's, it's, it's I'm everywhere, all over the place, but with with glenn and just remembering how he how he lived and then hearing that you know that he would be writing a book and being a physician's assistant by you know it's it it's it it kind of hurts me because i'm here so there's a little bit of survivor's guilt survivor's guilt a little bit because I'm like man well i'm here damn that's uh, but then i'm thinking back well you know what if the shoe was on the other foot i know glenn would be feeling the same thing i am so yeah, that's, that's what, that's, that's, that's the life we chose. And we both understood that going in. And sometimes it is just a coin flip. I know wars, but sometimes it's just a coin flip with war, you know, happened to be 40, if we were 40 meters a different way, then it, you'd be talking to Glenn right now about what happened to me. And that's okay. Because I know that he'd be willing, he came to sacrifice himself, just like I was there to sacrifice myself for each other. And that's an honorable thing. And I, I'm proud of I'm proud I was able to experience what true heroism is. And that was what him and Roan displayed. I mean, who gets to see that? And I got to experience that. So I, I try yeah. to make it a positive. I, I know I'm making this a downer. I'm trying not to, but. but you, you, you know, it's, it's interesting because this, again, we, we've had these conversations before since we've become friends and, and it kind of yeah. gotten to know each other. And I mean, I'm, I'm littered with goosebumps right now. And. I think there's a, there's a couple things, you know, that, that I think about that kind of pull it back to the civilian world. When you have a traumatic incident happen, and it could be death, um, it could be a car accident. And I, I always think about car accidents because there are details in a car accident that become ingrained and, and really imprinted on the brain that you will just never forget. And it could be exactly where you were sitting or the position yeah. on the road or that moment of impact. And there's just these these things that happen, it's like the whole world slows down and those memories are never going away. You know, they're, they're, they're in with you and, and you can try and like not remember it, especially if you're the one hitting someone else or, you know, there's, there's impact with that, but you, you don't forget them. They're, they're not going away. And, and this, what happened in Benghazi, it, it was more than a car crash by a, by a mile, but those memories are never going away. That, those, that incident's never going away. So as you're sifting through those memories and you're, you're, you're acknowledging them, you're doing it in all the right ways. Because at first, sure, there was so much that happened that it's not that you're running away from it. It's just, it's not necessarily like you can't take it all in. It's too much. 10 years later, 
you're still going through some memories of that and, and thinking about it and having thoughts like, God, should I feel guilty? I, I lived. Yeah. No, not, not at all, but you're going to like, your brain's going to take yeah. you on that journey. And it's your logical mind that's going to help you make sense of that. And you're going to think about like, Hey, all right, in this case, what would Roan and Glenn think? And I can't speak for Roan. I, I can barely speak for Glenn, but I will say that he'd want you, you know, going out for a run today, yeah. sipping a little whiskey at the, with a barbecue later on, maybe, or just enjoying a good IPA, laughing with your friends and family. I can tell you right now, he's laughing his ass off at me that I got to drop off a six-year-old <laughs> summer camp. That's actually, then speaking of that, you know, going to that, what, what first of all, I want to hear about that, the summer camp and the six-year-old. And, you know, d- d- does your relationship and, and us having you on today and talking about Bub, do you think it even makes it even more enjoyable or are you taking the time, even taking a longer time to take it all in? Like maybe dropping him off and, and I, I will sit and watch my son go all the way into the school. I don't want to leave because I don't want to miss any of it. I just, cause I want to take everything in. Yeah. I just like normal dads, drop their kids off, get out of there and go, go back. No, do you, what's, what's it like? What's it like being, in, are, are you savoring every moment, which I hope you are. Cause I know I, am. yeah, uh, but, you know, you know it, it's like? funny. Maybe it's the old dad thing. Um, you know, I didn't start a family till I was 45. So I, I was, I was definitely <laughs> on the advanced side of, of, of dadhood. <laughs> And yeah, you know, my son is six. We just got done with his first year of school, kindergarten. Wait, I'm just wondering, Chris, are your sons the same age? My son just turned seven. He's six. He's a, yeah, wow. he just got done first year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same age. Yep. So so we're we're locked. And by the way, this is funny. All the years we've known each other, didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so and my wife is uh is a newscaster, she's a TV personality. So she leaves the house every morning at 3 a.m. Wow. So, so I get both kids. We have a four-year-old daughter and a six-year-old son. I get them every morning by myself and it's a mixed bag. You never know <laughs> what you're going to get. So I'll take you through this morning and, and my yeah, son yeah. is going to hear this 10 years from now and be mortally embarrassed. <laughs> my wife leaves at 3 a.m. At three o'clock in the morning, I like raise one eye open, mumble something like I love you goodbye. And she's out the door and she's, you know, she's on the new set, you know, an hour later, ready to go at 4am when she's getting ready to probably be on live TV. I get woken up by my six-year-old son who had peed the bed. (laughs) So he will, he's waking me up. I jump, he gets scared and he's got pee all over him. So I'm like, Oh, okay. I know this game. So I got to clean off the sheets and I got to change him and clean him up and then put him into bed with me, make him pee again. So he doesn't do it. (laughs) You know, I've I've woken up that where I've felt behind me. I'm like, what the hell did I drop water on myself? And then, yeah, no, my son just peed the bed right next to me. Yep. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. He got you. He tagged you. Uh, So, so that's it. So that's pee the, pee the bed. And that, that's a, it could be a typical morning. Thank God they're not typical, but uh, you know, (laughs) as soon as you let your guard down, pee pee's coming. Pee pee's coming. Um, And then, you know, I I get up with them in the morning. We, we have, you know, some time together and it, it just depends on the morning. I will try and get a workout in maybe 6, 7 a.m. in that hour, yeah. but they're going to wake up then. I think I'm going to beat them, but they're, they're probably going to jump in. And then, you know, can I swing a kettlebell without a small child, like <laughs> flopping around in front of me? <laughs> Always an adventure. 
Um, and, and then you know, we do have help. We, we have a nanny that comes in, helps me transition, get out the door. So, and you know, summer camp, I mean, I, I know we're on the battle line podcast, but let's talk about the adventures. Yes. Six year old mind. <laughs> and like, the, the thoughts that run through that head. So we have, we have two summer camps that are in rotation right now. We have critter camp where the kids get dropped off um, at a park and there's a teacher there who takes like a dozen kids and they've got notepads and binoculars and like awesome. field kit. And they're going out and they're looking for squirrels and ants and roly polies and maybe, that's awesome. maybe turtles. That's awesome. So, awesome. so it, that's a huge adventure. And then, then we have farm camp. That so farm camp is where you're just rotating. You get to feed the llamas and the chickens and the goats. You get to ride a horse like under supervision. Yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> somehow this farm has a swimming pool. So it's like all built into one. So this morning I'm driving him into camp so I can race back and get set up for the podcast. And I say, Hey, Sebastian, what's your favorite camp? And he gets real serious and like, yeah, I, I can see him in the rearview mirror and he's like, hmm, hmm. And I said, well, dad, if I could only choose one, I'm like, you can only choose one. He's like, well, critter camp has turtles. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but you can't ride a turtle. You're going to horse at today's camp. He's like, Ooh, you're right. <laughs> he can't make up his mind. Like just going back and forth. He's like, but the turtles, dad. The turtles. the turtles i'm like okay the critter camp wins <laughs> Turtle. that's so awesome. but you, you know the, the the whole idea is that you know here i am I, you know, we have this business to run we have like everything's moving in light speed it's, it's 22 i mean you you, you got to unplug and you know that but sometimes you don't those are the moments that the phone just boop goes down yeah. you have the critter camp versus farm camp conversation and it's hysterical and it's awesome. And it's, it's kind of like what you said, you you're walking in or, or you're not walking, but you know, you're walking your son to school and you just, you see him take every last step till he's out of yeah. school. And that, yeah. <clears throat> that look back, that hug, that, that last connection point, man, you just got to soak that up. I do. I'd savor every moment of it. I even, I embarrass him now though. Cause he doesn't want kisses anymore. When he goes into the, he used to, it's like, how many kisses do I get before you go into classroom? He'll say, Hmm. Four. And now it's like, dad, no more kisses. I don't want, but it's still the cutest thing in the world. Cause, cause he doesn't want to be embarrassed. If he's realizing friends and dads don't kiss, but I still do anyway. I, I embarrass him anyway. In fact, I make it even worse because he's doing, I said, well, I'm going to embarrass you now. And my daughter too, but oh, yeah. they, they, but they, they understand that. And it makes it feel, I, I just, I didn't get to do that a lot with my other two. I, I really didn't. And with, and so I'm, I'm really, I, I'm having my cake and eat it too. I really am. Cause I got to do all those deployments of Ranger and all this. And I thought I missed, you know, I'm, I'm getting to reconnect with my older kids, of course, which has been awesome. My son's 17. He's a tremendous athlete at just, and he's, I don't know what happened to him because he's got my genes, but he actually has good grades and he actually behaves himself. I don't know. And he doesn't get in trouble. Like I did in high school. I don't know where he gets it from because he's, he's got some mom, <laughs> mom, definitely, mom. definitely. Um, but it is. It's been awesome because you, you, I got to do all this. And now I get to experience that just that time, this the young kid time that I didn't really get to experience. So those things that you talk about, that's when you talk about them, it reminds me 
Hey, that's that actually, I, I was going to say, this This is uh, making me wonder of another <clears throat> question, actually. You know, you were talking about being a father later on in life. Chris got to experience that again later on in life. As we know, you know, Gwen was 42. He'd be turning 52 this year. So do you think he would have, you know, because he was unmarried, I think oftentimes I, I actually had to recently get um, an address from you, which turned out to be, you know, his mother and someone said, oh, I'll send this to his spouse. And it was like, Glenn didn't have a spouse. So uh, I'm just wondering from your perspective, since you guys were so similar, do you think he would have taken those same footsteps and started a family, had a kid, you know, later on in life? You know, I, I would like to think so because I had what, like Glenn and I would have these conversations that were hypotheticals and, and one of the more, more recent conversations before you know, before Benghazi, before he took off to Tripoli yeah. in, in 2012 <clears throat> was one of those conversations. And, you know, a lot of them before that were career-based, like, the, like, what are you going to do next? Cause we would always do that. We did it in our twenties. You know, when Glenn joined the Navy, we had had a huge sit down about our lives as 24 year olds turning 25 and like how we needed to make moves. And we, you know, we do, we did it all the time. And this is one of the things that brought us together. And, and when in 2012, I remember distinctly, like I was getting real serious with Heather and, and it was on and we started talking about kids. And, and I was like, you know, I, I had never thought I was going to have kids like 41 year old, 42 year old Sean was not having kids. I was just having fun. I was out for the fun. And if the fun included practice in making the kid, Hey, that was cool too, but it wasn't about the kid. But we started that shift in, in the dialogue. And, and I remember asking him, like, like, Glenn, like, what do you think? Like, could you settle down? Could you get married again? Because Glenn, you know, he was married in his 30s. I didn't know uh, It didn't okay. work out. Um, they never had kids. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't kid life. It was, it, it, you know, just ended. And then and he'd had a long-term relationship that, that had ended right before, right before Tripoli and Benghazi. And I just said, you know, would you do it? And he was like, ah, you know. Like it was like pulling teeth to get the answer out of them. But I was, I was trying to really romanticize the idea of, <laughs> of, of, of having kids or being a parent. And, and he was the godparent to a lot of people. Like, you know, that, like, mm -hmm. you know, I think the, our, our friends at Donahue's Richardson's, um, you know, he was, he was a godparent to Franny's kids. Like there was a lot of folks in our, in our area where he was the godparent to I'm like, yo, if, if everyone dies, Glenn, like you're going to have a lot of kids, <laughs> but you know, for him to take that leap, like he, he sort of, I got him to go and acknowledge that he was open to the idea. Like he was open to it. He wasn't embracing it, but he's like, yeah, you know, if I found the right girl, uh, yeah, I, I could kind of see it. Yeah. He was the uncle to everyone. So he really enjoyed that role because he could dip in and dip out. And he loved making fun of his married friends with kids because he had all the freedoms in the world yeah. and they didn't. But now there's a big difference though, between 42 and 52, right? Like there's a, there's a, there's a life shift. Like you're, you're, you're putting a decade on this, you know, it's 20, 20% of your life advances forward and your thought processes change and evolve. And you know, who you are full of piss and vinegar at 30 is different than 40, which is different at 50. It's just, it's not that the piss and vinegar goes away but you evolve your thinking around it. And, and I think that 
that idea for Glenn hadn't quite settled in. So I'd like to say that there's at least, a, I'm going to give it a 25% chance that Glenn would have 24.78, 25%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Almost 20. I, I, I think he would have. I, you're right. At 50, things change. Just, you're just. It, it, they do, you know, and, and I think your priorities change and they shift and like you lean into family more, you lean into yeah. those closest to you more and, you know, you're just, you're not maybe as, as salty as you could have been. And I mean, his lust for adventure was one of the things that kept him in the game as long as it was like, he wanted the stimulus of, I get to go to Beirut. I get to go to Mexico. I'm going to go, <laughs> you know, surfing in Tavarua. Then I'm going to come back and I'm going to go to Utah. And like, he needed that, that constant energy. And I know because I was in the exact same boat, uh, you know, minus the deployments, the fun adventure and the idea of going to, to new places all the time. Like we just, we were constantly seeking that. Um, but that adventure can happen right around you. Yeah. Yeah. So do, I'm going to say, think, I'm going to say, yeah, 25% right there. <laughs> do, do you think in, in just the, your own at that age and just you specifically, not really talking about Glenn now, but just you, your mortality, you feel your mortality at 50 or when you get close to 50, and that's why you slowed out. And that's why family becomes more important. And the adventures you want to have are with your family and not just out on your own or with a buddy. I, I know for me, or as, or as he put it, practicing, making babies. practicing, making me, <laughs> I, I, I know for me, that was, it, it really has, I had to step back and look at it, but my, my mortality was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm getting up there now. Um, yeah, I, I need to well, experience this, this with the family and I have, but is that not, do you not feel that? What, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? So <clears throat> I, I think you're onto something. Um, look at, in a lot of ways, some of us are cut from a similar cloth, whether that be adventure or whether yeah. it be testing yourself, seeing what you're made of. And I don't ever see that going away. I mean, at 51 years old, I, I test myself every day day in some sure. capacity like I, there's no there's no day where i wake up and i'm just I, I find myself being like ah you know i did great yesterday i'm just going to take it easy today i'm not going to do anything i just <laughs> my wiring doesn't work like that and it, it it never really has i didn't know it when i was younger when i was in i it's it's i'm acknowledging it more now but if you give me like you know a physical challenge and you say shot we're going to do this we're gonna do this wor workout. We're gonna do. There's a famous workout. It's like I think Jocko Willink came up with it. It was like do 100 burpees, rest a minute, do 100 burpees. And I'm giving you like an example of a physical challenge that's just it just sucks, right? There's yeah, nothing yeah, fun yeah. about doing 100 burpees and then doing 100 more. But if you say we're gonna do that, I will do everything in my power at 51 to beat you. Like <laughs> you're gonna do the same thing to me. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's going to happen and it's going to be awesome. And we're going to be suffering greatly and laughing about it afterwards. So, so that gear doesn't go away. Um, I want to still be the best I can be, but I'm way more cognizant of, Hey, if I'm going to do that whole burpee thing, I'm going to stretch. <laughs> yeah. Let's drink a lot up. of water. <laughs> I'm going to drink a lot of water. You know, like, like you just, you're not immortal. Like you don't feel like, yeah. like even at 40, I, I was you. like, I'm going to go jack some steel and throw weight around and do whatever I want to do. And, and there was very little regard for long-term maintenance because I was still in it. I was still feeling like my prime. And now I still feel like I can feel in my prime, but I'm going to do a little more prep. 
It takes a so, lot more preparation. Yes, it's a, it's a lot more. So, so that's the yeah, and like, and that's the physical side. But then there's the that kind of emotional side or that you know that 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 mental side. And I don't need to travel around the world like I, I probably used to to feel a good sense of taking it all in and 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 having new stimulus and new adventures. And that's kids. That's also marriage. Um, if if you're married <clears throat> to a strong woman and you're married to someone who challenges you you're going to keep upping your game. So yeah, I don't really feel complacent in any way or, or like I'm ready to settle down. I think I'm ready to prep more for, for that thing. Like I still, am going to go on a heli adventure going skiing and I'm going to go scare the shit out of myself on some giant line, you know, riding down a mountain, but I'm going to make sure that I'm doing my yoga beforehand or I'm, you know, getting ready for it. And that's 50 to me. Like that's, that's the difference. It's, it's just, you know, yeah, I, I got to take better care of myself or, yeah. Hey, if I, if I bang myself up, I'm going to be out longer and that doesn't yeah. sound good. So it's so take better care of it. Do better prep. That makes sense. No, and I, I guess I feel the same way uh, with that, the preparation. And then also the risk of, of being cold and starting a workout. I can't do it anymore. I'm going to go shoot here in a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to go shoot and run around the range. It's 106 out. I plenty of water. I drank a lot of water last night. And of course yep. uh, I've got shade out there and I'm take more and I have to take more breaks because I can't, I can't just go do it like I used to, man. Um, and, and that's great, but you're not, not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You know, right. so, but I, the mortality thoughts are there. I don't push them aside um, as much as it, I use it as an opportunity maybe to lean in on doing more stuff, not less. Awesome. Does that makes sense. Like, I don't know. I just, it's just how I, I guess it's just how I feel. Like well, you don't, you don't want to be that I have buddies that are four, four, five years younger than me that are sedentary, that are actually, they look like they're 60 and 70. They That's do. They, yeah. And, and so I'm the same way. I, I think it's, I'm going to do more because I still want to be able to do more. I still want to be able to go play soccer in the backyard with my kids tonight. And, and if I am, don't continue to challenge myself, I'm going to get sedentary and I'm going to get, and you know, you know, better than I do injuries come then you're then in more injuries come, then you're more sedentary and then you get way out of shape. And I, I can't get back into shape. Like I could when I was 30, I can fall out of shape real quick, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> and, and as Glenn just, famously yeah. said, uh, sorry, no, say what you're real saying real quick, but, but what, as, as Glenn famously stated, it is better and easier to maintain okay. fitness than to build the fitness. So if yes. you just get to a good level, hold the line. Don't let it fall because it is so much harder to get back to that line. Yeah. So <laughs> Let's hold gosh. on to it. Just it's true. On. All I was going to say is even just, you know, <clears throat> being younger than you guys, I'm 36. I, I see the same thing when I run into people that I went to high school with every now and again, it happens because I'm, I'm about an hour away from there and I'm, I visit my parents pretty often. And yeah, there, there are people that you see that are the same age as you that look significantly older. And you kind of tell the people who have like given up on life and given up on doing new things. And I think that is what keeps you young is, is having new adventure and having new things that fulfill you and, and, and finding purpose all the time. I think all of that is really important, no matter what that purpose is. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I wrote, I, I was asked by the team to write an email for July 10th. Um, for 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 glenn's birthday and you know I'm, i always get hit with these these moments where i'm like okay i could write something solemn and like i could go where my heart is like my heart is going to have a moment of 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 genuine like missing glenn missing 
him and, you know, like, Hey, we would have been hanging out on his birthday if he wasn't deployed and, and, you know, we'd be doing fun stuff. And I'm like, well, that's it. We would be doing fun stuff. So like I, I literally wrote the email that we'll send on the morning of Glenn's birthday about why you should celebrate this day and get after it and go do something. And it's, it's not because it's Glenn's birthday. It's because you're alive. If there's a deeper meaning, it's because we're all here. So do something about it. And, and that's really, I mean, that ethos, he lived, he shared it. We all got to like bask in the light of that and, and gain inspiration from it. And in a lot of ways, what we do now with Bubs is like, we're here to inspire folks. We're here to get them out and go do that. Like, I don't want to see a 36 year old that looks like they're 50. Yeah. And if I do, <laughs> I want to help them change that. Cause it's not, it's never too late to, yeah. to, 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 to get after it. And I don't care if you're 51, 61 or 31, like you got two good legs, you got two good arms and a head on your shoulders. Go use that stuff. Hell, if you got one leg, go use it. Go, you know, go use your good one. Just, find your way, man. There's so much stuff in this great world that we have. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. So when I, like, I sat down to write that little email and I'm just like, man, there's so many things you could do. I don't even know where to take this. Like, but um, let's go do it. Like, wow. And that's so why you're an inspiration, bro. you you really are. Um, what do you tell in getting into the workout side of the house? Cause we always, I, I see people do it all the time. They start with their workouts or they start trying to get in shape. And either they push themselves too hard and they quit right off the bat or, you know, the uncomfortability comes in and they don't realize it will pass if they continue on. What do you tell them? And it's, it's something to help me is how do you keep them going? Because they're going to be uncomfortable when you first start working out. That's just normal. What do you say yeah. to the continue to pass that plateau or that obstacle and say, Hey, it's going to get better. Or do you say yeah. this or how do you structure even how do you structure a workout? So it starts easy and gradually gets harder. So they don't quit right off the bat. You don't get the new year's resolution out of the person that you see all the time that where people start and then they quit right off the bat. What, what do you do? Yeah. How do you, how do you keep them going? What do you tell them? So, so it's a great question. It, you know, for me, it's, it, it definitely starts with attainable goals and, and that's different for everyone. Like, like Ian's workout is going to be different than your workout is going to sure. be different than my workout. I, I'm inclined to say that when we all get together, there's going to be a certain level of parity where we can all, you know, hit the same basics of, of fitness, which is great for someone just getting started. Let's say like if they've got the mindset, they used to be an athlete, like they did in high school and maybe it's 20 years later and they're completely out of shape or they were never an athlete. It doesn't really matter where the starting point is. The key thing is to make it attainable. And I do believe in like CrossFit mentality of measurable because it's data, right? Sure. So let's say your first workout is <clears throat> doing squats and the squat, you can't squat all the way down. Like you just can't, that's okay. You squat to how far you can squat. Maybe you put a chair behind your butt or a bench so that you always have that stability behind sure. you. And maybe the first time around you do something for 10 minutes, 10 minutes with a ton of rest in between. And you can, you can craft exercise so that, hey, I'm going to do a squat where I'm only going to go down to a quarter squat and then I'm going to stand back up. Well, hey, if you're getting down onto the toilet every day and standing back up, you just did a squat. So you make it real life <laughs> applicable. Uh, Push-ups can be done off the knees. Yeah. And you're, you're literally eliminating almost 60% of that body weight by alternating your body positioning. And you just get down and you get back up and you feel and you're eliciting a little bit of activity. 
you're there, man. If you can't run, but you want to run, can you run to the end of your driveway and back? Just do a little shuttle back and forth. Just do it once. And then the next day you do it twice. And you just sort of build on these micro goals and, and, and you make it attainable because you know, once you sell it down into a small bite-sized chunk, you're removing a lot of that resistance and excuses like, oh, number one excuse I ever heard to join, say, a CrossFit gym was, I have to get into shape before I can join the CrossFit gym. Well, guess what? You just took yourself out of the equation right there, right? No way. <laughs> so do those things in a very small bite-sized chunk. And there is a wealth of information online that gets people started and huge inspiration. Um, there, there's a group, so it's, a, it's an offshoot of CrossFit called Street Parking. So it's kind of a goofy name, but streetparking.com. And it's, it's owned by former CrossFit, you know, big celebrity athletes. And they set this programming up. It's like 19 bucks a month, right? So it doesn't hit the wallet hard. And they give all these video versions of workouts every day. And they're all super attainable. And the, the kick-ass part of it is that like 70% of the members are moms who've had kids or just starting their fitness journey. And it is completely attainable. So you're going to see someone who is overweight, but you know, they're, they're just getting started. And these people are videoing themselves doing those quarter squats. And they don't, they're not like prime athletes that are getting paid for fitness. They are literally just trying to get it back. And they post those videos and it's this big social community. And all of a sudden you realize like, oh, remember that excuse I had about I need to be fit to do this? That person, you know, does not look fit at all. Yet here they are putting themselves out there with video, sharing with the world. And you see that crowdsource support of like energy and motivation. It's all there for you. You just got to go looking for it. Be open to looking for it. You'll find it. Yeah. And, and what motivates people is usually just the physical. And I think until you get into working out, you don't realize the mental, uh, the, the mental aspects of it. I, I, I think of that thing that Henry Rollins wrote out that you may have seen where he talks about the iron mind. And he, and he says, like, when my body is weak, I think weak thoughts. And when, and when my body is strong, I think stronger thoughts. And he's like, people could tell you you're the greatest. People could tell you you're a piece of shit. And you're the worst. He's like, but 200 pounds is always going to be 200 pounds. And I always I, I read that thing often because it's it's so true. And I think once people get into it and they get into working out, eating good, supplementing right with supplements like Bub's Naturals, honestly, uh, yeah, they're good. They're going to feel those mental goals that that are, you know, that and that change in mentality and that change in positivity. It, it really I know when I go a week or two without working out and I have like when I had to move into here, I, I feel down in the dumps. I do. Yeah. And that is that mental state. So if you're on the start of your journey, um, I mean, I'll use the whole COVID weird lockdown crap that we went through for two years and I, I will not spice it up with social commentary, although I just did. Um, but what I will say is that, so my brother's diabetic and my brother has been doughy his entire adult life, like maybe a brief stint in his twenties when he was playing hoops. And he knows that I've been, I've always felt sharper mind when I'm physically active. And I learned that all from Glenn, like Glenn trained me up you know, in my thirties when he would come home from deployments and I just, I soaked it up. Then I apply it today. And it's, it's a way of life. It's, it's not changing. Um, my brother's never been that way. So he's watched me do be this gym guy and then feel better. Like he, he knew that there was some sort of mind body connection there, 
but he never did anything about it. Soon as pandemic hit and all of a sudden he's home alone, he's realized he's like, oh, I'm, I'm out of shape. I, I'm probably 20 pounds too heavy. I am now really likely to become a statistic. Like if I don't take care of myself. So he had that look in the mirror moment where he's like, is this what my life's going to be? Like, am I going to be the guy who dies of COVID because I'm obese or I'm not in good shape? And he came to me and he's like, hey, man, I got to make a change. Now, he did all of this thinking on his own. And I think we all can have those moments of thinking it, but taking thoughts and turning them into action is a massive leap. Yeah. But it's a very attainable leap. You just got to be willing to do it. And he did. Like, he called me up. He said, this is what I'm thinking about doing. I worked with him on some basic programming and he reported back. And all of a sudden, a week later, he's like, hey, I've, this is what I felt. This is what I did. And and I would dial it up on him every once in a while. I'd spice it because he's my brother. <laughs> but I only did that after I knew he was in. Um, I'll never forget. I, I, I got him to, to elicit a good vomit after a workout. And I'm like, man, you know you've pushed it when you're willing to puke after a workout. Um, but you know, it was, it was over time. It was built over time. And it was something I'm, you know, I'm absolutely thrilled to see because now two years in on his journey, you know, he's in the best shape of his adult life at 52 wow. years old. Yeah, and, awesome. you know, he's, he's getting after it. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like you're texting me telling me like what your, you know, what your new workout is and what you're doing. And like, and sometimes I'm looking at him and I'm like, damn, dude, that's good. That's solid. So it's never too late. And, you know, like you just got to be willing to take it, like ask yourself the right questions, get in your headspace, get curious and then take action. And it doesn't have to be monumental action. Like guy yeah. my older brother's first workouts were nothing to write home about but for him at that time it was that first step so you know I, i'm a huge fan of that and it's i'm also a huge fan of, of the idea that it's never too late and now and now he gets excited and actually can you elaborate on that tell people that once you start getting into it and you start making improvements and you start seeing that how it makes you excited it makes you want to go work out more and, well, and I mean, I can so, hear that just by what he's, I, I can hear just in his text, I can hear him saying that to you. And that's people, people don't think of that. And then you're excited to go work out. Like I, I'm excited to go work out every day. I, I love going to work. Out. Yep. And so, I, so that excitement that you're talking about, like that <clears throat> thing, it doesn't happen right away. Right. Cause first you got to get through the fact that like you're super bummed out because you're not in shape and maybe you're feeling guilty and shame. And there's, there's a lot of stuff that can circle around in your head. But that should never be the most powerful voice. The most powerful voice should be the one that's asking for change. And by answering that call for change, personal change, and doing that first workout, and then the second workout, and then the third workout, well, somewhere in there, and, and you know what they say about habits, it takes about three weeks to establish a yeah. habit, and then habits turn into routine and lifestyle like oh, gradually over time. You just got to set those micro goals, which is each day. But by that third week, chances are you're dialing that gear up ever so slightly and you're kind of looking forward to it. And then you feel a little bit better. And it, again, it just sort of happens. And all of a sudden you don't even know it, but you're waking up and you're thinking about it. Yeah. Like I'm ready to go. I want to go and do this thing. Um, and then you know, inevitably after a while, you get those days, you're like, oh God, I got to go do that again. And you do. And you push through it. And all of a sudden you always feel better. The shittiest workout still feels better than if you didn't work out. And I mean, I'll say that like fishing, right? Like 
a, sh- a bad day fishing is better than a good day working, whatever they, th- that expression is. Yep. There's a bumper sticker out that for doing pushups. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's you're spot on. Cause yeah, that always makes you feel better. I, we, we talked about before you came on the show and I, I am a big proponent of it. And I think Glenn would be Glenn would be too, because of him being with the teams, you know, in this politically correct, nice, everybody gets a trophy society. I think we've forgotten how important guilt and shame are in helping us actually improve. And the reason I'm talking about that is because you're talking about, well, no excuses. You're seeing somebody that's just starting to work out on Instagram, on the, on the street, on the the street Instagram feed and seeing this person that's never worked out before. And now they're doing squats and now you have no excuse and you're feeling bad because if they're doing it, why can't I do it? I want to start reinstating that. And if that's at the battle line podcast, we start doing that in buzz naturals that there is value to guilt. There is value to shame Mm -hmm. to get people to improve. And in fact, I mean, that's how Rangers and seals become what we are is because we don't want to ring the bell. We don't, we feel shame. If we quit, if we tap out, we get on the truck. And that's what makes us push harder. Not just the, the accommodations that, that, Hey, you did a great, job i mean very rarely did we ever get that shit going through in docker it it was it was the embarrassment of failing now you don't have to take it to that extreme but i do believe that guilt and shame do play do play a part in improvement and self-improvement and i I wanted to see what your thoughts were on that maybe you're completely different than i i maybe not but I, i i do believe that there and we need to get back to that a bit not shaming and being bullies but when I got kicked out of the military the first time walking back into my home gym in Grand Junction, Colorado, not being a ranger anymore, do you not think I had my tail so far between my legs that it was tickling my chin that I didn't <laughs> feel like a piece of bag of shit? I did. But yeah. what pushed me was I got to get back there. I got to find some way to get back and finish what I started. And that motivated me. And I think that helped me also even in Benghazi that night. I was like, fuck it. You know, shit happens. Let's just keep driving on and keep grinding on. So I, I do. I want to see if that's what you think as well, especially since you're in the industry you are, that to get people to work out and to to be responsible and also to to feel a little bit of guilt if you're giving an excuse that you can't improve your lifestyle. More than so, <clears throat> I, one, I'm just going to give pause. And say I fucking love that because <laughs> look at again. I, I mean, I'm going to use some Glennisms here because we, this is all tied back, and I don't know whether he said it or I said it, but you know, because it's all in a blender at this point, but. Vanity is a good thing. And and I do stand by that. And I don't mean six pack abs. I mean like your sense of self, right? I do mean six pack abs. too. But, but but the idea of like, Hey man, like God, I'm better than this. Fuck. You know, you're better than what, like whatever excuse you came up with not to be active or not to do the job. And it could be parenting. It could be, you know, doing something at home, your chores. It, It doesn't have to be like, exercise but it's got to be that something where like yo man don't make an excuse just get it done if you're pushing it off because you got a far bigger fire to put out before you do that thing and and that that's okay but that shame that guilt right here use it as a weapon use it to drive you use it to get out and do the thing you know like again that that biggest gap is between identifying the thoughts and taking action you got to take the action yeah yeah, I and, fully agree. That's, I have, that's what it always boils down to. Yeah, no matter what inspiration stuff you're watching, you got to go out there and do the work. Yeah, and by the way, that inspiration could be like you get feel uplifted because you see someone do some 
monumental task that you're like, oh, I'm now motivated, inspired. Well, right next to that is the guilt for being a pile of <laughs> shit for not doing anything. So don't forget that side. Like, you know, don't be afraid to tap into that because it's there. Those negative thoughts are swirling around. So turn them into action. Yeah. yeah. Shame ringing the bell, like quitting, fuck quitting, fuck quitting. Yeah. Fuck. You never quit. And yeah. we'd be the society. I, I do see it with my son and see even my daughter that everybody gets a trophy way of thinking. I, I really do feel and see it. It's actually starting to fade away. I, I, I think the kids now, my son works his ass off. He wanted to go to four soccer camps and he gets his ass up in the morning on his own to go train at seven. I don't get up till nine. So he's up, he's, he's, he's out the door and then he goes into soccer practice and basketball practice. And, and also, again, I don't know where he gets his grades from. He gets, and he, his grades are outstanding, but I, 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 and that's a positive thing. I see that, that people are starting to recognize, you know what, we don't have to pat kids on the back all the time. And yeah, give them a good job. Yeah. You did great. But also you can say, you know, we do need to work harder. Don't yeah, give work harder. Don't quit. Don't, and if you fail, okay. Yeah. Do you feel bad about it? Sure. Do you feel bad about it? So it doesn't happen again. So you make yeah, sure. What do you want to do about it? Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm glad you're saying it because I, I do see society. They're over. We're, we're getting over that bullshit of, man, just make everybody happy. This day, everybody's great. I know we're, we all are different and everybody has something special about them, but everybody has something negative about them. But the bottom line is if you want to succeed, you got to work your ass off and yeah. work hard and you're a perfect example of that and and of course glenn and every and not just glenn but every other guy that was working grs or ground branch they all were examples of that because that's what the lifestyle well, they were it, it was and make no mistakes like being on the civilian side being friends with a bunch of pipe hitters like <laughs> it's not easy because you know like, <laughs> i was gonna I ask didn't you go that. through yeah. i didn't go through a, a you know a career in the military <clears> to, <throat> to 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 be around these guys but like you know when the guy hanging out on your couch is you know, gruff and tumble Mike Ritland and, and, you know, Shane Hyatt and these like just big mean fire breathers. I mean, look at the gym that I joined with Glenn and I was like, what, 36, 37 years old. We joined a gym called seal fit. You know, it's owned by commander Mark divine, another former Navy oh, yeah. seal. And yeah. I'm like, wow. oh, I didn't just join 24 hour fitness. <laughs> Glenn dragged me to like the gnarliest gym in all of San Diego. And, uh, and I wouldn't have it any other way. How, you know, we're, we're getting long, brother, and I, I know we always go long, but I'm going to try not to today, but I, <laughs> I do, I do want to just a couple more things. I, I wanted to ask you that. How, how was it yeah. fitting in with a group? I it really, we are a close knit group and to be best friends with anybody within the special operations community and be accepted. First of all, how the fuck did they accept you? <laughs> I mean, what did you do? How are you? It's a great question. And they, and they didn't. And they, you know, and you weren't the outsider or the token. You weren't the token, just the token civilian. Yeah, he's cool, man. He can get us stuff, but <laughs> he's not really part of the group. How did you get you in? Know, with I, that? I, how did they? What did you do? What did, what hazing did you do? How much did you have to drink to be part of that group? <laughs> no, <laughs> really? that, that right there might be the fairest question <laughs> of all. You know, I just had exposure to these guys, like when everyone was active duty, and and I mean, you know, I had a career in my twenties as a professional snowboarder, so I, you know, I was paid money to go and travel the world and jump off of cliffs and do you know a bunch of fun stuff. And, and so I had a cool. blast doing it. And it was like, you know, literally it was like, I'm, I'm getting paid to do the activity that I love. Well, in a lot of ways that when I met Glenn's teammates and I met the guys that, that Glenn worked with, 
a lot of them really looked up to some of those lifestyles. And so when I got done as a snowboarder and I worked on the industry side, you know, like I'm surrounded by professional athletes, like skateboarders and snowboarders and surfers and all those guys in special ops, like, you know, the ones on the West coast would like, they would be looking up to these guys. So, you know, Glenn and I, I think, I think I probably talked to you guys about this before, but you know, like Glenn and I sat down, we're having dinner with Sean White and Sean's just a kid looking up to Glenn going like, Holy shit, this guy's in the military doing special ops. Like that's gnarly. And Glenn's looking at him saying, you go bigger in a half pipe than is humanly possible. Like, this is amazing. So there was, there's an interesting mutual admiration. Um, I remember going on a snowboard trip with a couple of Glenn's teammates, all active duty guys. And we're just bopping around the mountain and they were just like, Oh my God, like, this is so cool. Like we're riding around the mountain with a professional snowboarder. I'm thinking like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Like I'm hanging out with, you know, like four guys from the seals. Like this is wild. And we're just riding chairlifts and spinning laps together. So I, I guess I was always built into it. So I, I don't think I ever really went through a hazing phase. I was just, I've just been around that community since Glenn was active and, you know, when you turned 25 or 26 and you, you know, became a seal, they were just, we were just always hanging out, barbecuing and hanging out. So I got lucky and it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I don't, it's not you know, lost on me that here I am 10 years after Glenn's passing and almost 10 years after his passing. And some of my closest friends were Glenn's buddies from the teams. Like we all came together and then I've got new friends that, you know, are, are from that community. And I'm like, I, I didn't seek it out. We've just found each other. And, and it's pretty cool. Like, cause they're, yeah. you know, if you have, if you surround yourself with sharp people, that's going to helpfully make you sharper. And I really enjoy that whole idea of iron sharpening iron and yeah. being around good people that inspire you to be a good person and just be better. So, Hey, I, I got lucky. I wouldn't trade my group of friends, you know, for anything. And, and I love that they're always pushing to level up. That's awesome, brother. That's all. I, I, the only other couple of things, Ian, if you don't, I know I cut you off sometimes when it's your turn. No, no, I, I, uh, I have, I, I have something bubs related, but ask what you want. Well, to two, two, two things for, I still never got a good answer and you may not be able to give me the good answer. What was his relationship with Jenna Jameson? All the guys want to know that but he never said anything about it. And if you don't want to talk about it, you can say, plead the fifth. You can say, I plead the fifth, do the Dave Chappelle. I plead the fifth. That's fine. You never asked that. So I'm, I know I'm, I, well, I want to, because guys, guys have wanted to guys, the guys have, have asked that. And I, I never wanted to offend him and ask that to, I'll be honest to his face. So I guess I'm a pussy by not asking that to his face, but was did he have a relationship? Cause I know they were friends actually, cause we became friends on social media, myself and, my old account with Jenna Jameson because of Glenn. That's how oh, yeah. we started. Oh, yeah. now, and, and, I mean, we're, we're not on my new accounts, of course, not anymore because I respect my wife and, like, yeah, my, and, my, and my wife would castrate me. And, and, that, and I love my wife and I would not do, I'm not yep. going to do. Yep. But, or, or she, she would respect that, that, that you have an affinity for, you know, for a true professional. Yeah. I don't think that flies. I, I can't, I'm not that good at bullshitting. I can't do that. Too. So, uh, no, but no. Uh, did, did he have, I mean, was that a, because I, I'm assuming just because she was friends with me because of my relationship with, I'm assuming they were pretty close and, and you can, they're pretty close. Okay. Can, do you want to yeah. keep it at that? Should we just, so, so no, 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 no. I, okay. I, here's what I'm going to do because Glenn would do it to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to dime. I'm going to dime them out. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, let's do it. so right now, anyone listening to this being like, Oh my God, like, 
Glenn not only, you know, is this 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 larger than life personality, this national hero, like he hooked up with Jenna Jameson. <laughs> like he just became a level one rock star. <laughs> so here's me popping the pin on that. All right, let's let's see. Because I want to know. I, I want to know. Glenn, Glenn bought Jenna Jameson's biography when it came out. Okay. So, so he was like a student of the game. Like Glenn and I would go to Vegas and he would recognize porn stars in the hotel lobby. Be like, oh my God, that's so-and-so from this movie. And I'm like, I, I'm just ignorant, right? I'm like, Wait, yeah, can, I, can I ask something? Because when you said Vegas, by any chance, because I happen to know this and Chris probably does too, SHOT Show in Vegas lands the week before the porn convention. Yeah. So did you happen to be at SHOT Show with him maybe? <laughs> We were very close to Shot Show, <laughs> uh, but like literally, he's like that's so and so. So so he had this 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 built into him. He just he was a student of the game. And they, remember, guys, we're talking. This is one step removed from dial-up internet. So you know when you're searching your online oh, materials tough. and you're going on a deployment, uh, you know Jenna Jameson was the goddess of this yes. entire era. Yes, yes, yes. So. Glenn, as you guys know, was, you know, famously friends with the founders of, of Nixon, the watch company. So these guys right here, yeah. local Encinitas brand. And we grew <clears> up uh, with one of the founders, this guy, Andy Lotz. So because Glenn's a medic, they invite Glenn, all expenses paid to go to Tavaru in 2010, I think, okay. and be the island medic. So He's going over there and it's like Travis Pastrana is going to be a guest on Tavarua Island. Nixon curated this list. Tony Hawk's there, Andy Irons, Bruce Irons, like Hannah Beeman, level A professional athletes. Salema Masakela, the, the, the TV announcer who's all over, you know, all over the news stuff. And Tito Ortiz is there. Yeah. With Jenna Jameson. That's who, yeah, that's right. Okay. So you're there for two weeks. And you're on like an, a one acre island. Like you're having every breakfast, lunch, and dinner with these people. So, you know, Glenn's Glenn. He's going to strike up conversation with everyone. And, uh, you know, Jenna and Tito, they, you know, they were a couple back then. So they all, they became, they were just pals. They, they hung out that entire trip together. And Glenn and Jenna were like cracking jokes and, you know, just having a good old time. But he never hooked up with her. Right. That was Tito's All girl. Right. So you know, Glenn had total respect for Tito, and I don't think you want to go toe to toe. No, with no Tito. you can you can be a you could be whatever you want, Seal Ranger. No, it's just like me trying to fight Andre Arlovsky. No, I'm going to get my ass fucking handed yeah. six yeah. ways to Sunday. I've, but but that was all. Speaking of Tito, I, well, and I'm I, glad. By the way, I'm glad that we like answered this because I'm sure people were wondering. And I'm going to ask Sean right now before yeah, ask, we ask get into what you were saying. Ask, ask oh, are you? Are you going to be, or will Gwen's family be offended in any way if I clip this for YouTube with a title, did Glenn Doherty date Jenna Jameson or something of that nature? Because you know that'll get clicks. I don't want to get Katie mad. I don't want to get Katie okay, cool. mad. Because okay. you, you know if people. You, if you think Katie isn't aware yeah. of Glenn's VHS <laughs> and, and hard drive collection of select adult materials, come on. Chris, this might be the clip that finally goes viral because <laughs> you awesome. asked that question. Maybe. When you say hard drive, I, I picture, yeah, you're right, because we didn't have great internet. So before you went overseas, your hard drive was full. And we're talking one terabyte full of porn before you even went because you couldn't stream. 
There was no such thing as streaming. So and by the guy- way, Chris, we always talk, we always joke about this. It's like an inside joke of the podcast. This is why we can't be in this the This is why we category. can't be in the faith-based category right here. This yeah. is the reason. No, you'll, 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 you guys aren't going to make the cut there. You can have faith, <laughs> but the hard drive's there. You know what? What's This is actually a funny story from Benghazi is that I didn't, wasn't able to get all my stuff. I was the one guy that wasn't able to get downstairs and get my clothes and my hard drives. And so I always joked, yeah, somebody from Al Qaeda or Ansar Sharia or ISIS has a one terabyte full of porn uh, hard drive that they got there. And, you know, they hit the mother load. So I'll, yeah, whatever, I'll, I'll be damned. They're watching it right now over in, in Libya oh. or so or in the if Middle you East. you want a good, you actually might've been the, the greatest way to break up Al Qaeda when, I know, when right? all those so operatives said. are watching your porn collection being like, wait, this is what life's like in America. I know. What the hell crazy. am I doing in the sandbox? I'm, I'm, I'm laying down my arms. I'm going, I want to learn this way. That's hilarious. I think, I think Jack actually said that too. He's like, you just broke. Yeah. You just helped him out. We got, we just made a bunch of friends with your, with yeah. your porn hard drive. Uh, that's hilarious. I just, sorry, bro. That just brought me back to the good old days back when it was hard, even having porn overseas, it was hard to do. You had to plan and prep for it. I never, I never heard this rumor before. So I just, I'm just glad that we, that we got into it. But the the thing that I wanted to ask before we wrap up here um, in regard to Bob's naturals, because to be honest, we haven't really talked Bob's naturals, but we, we often do. And I think this audience knows, you know, the great work you're doing with the supplements and, and the work you're doing for the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation, which really does help guys who have families, guys who have de- deployed and have families that are looking to go back to school or family members who are looking to go to school of deceased relatives. Because uh, I see what you guys do from just the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation social media pages. But what I wanted to ask about was, I spoke about this on actually earlier in this podcast and the last podcast. I follow a lot of fitness stuff online on YouTube, a lot of stuff in the supplementation world. And there's always a lot of scandal involved in the supplementation world. And, and the latest one that I've heard about is this uh, this supplement called Trichesterone, which seems to be overblown of what it can do. I think when anything is blown to the fact of, oh, this is like taking steroids, but you're not going to have the side effects. It's usually bullshit. And I've always felt that way um, because I think anything that's that powerful, you're going to have some devastating side effects. You're possibly going to have to be, be on for the rest of your life. And um, I spoke about this last week. There was this company, an independent company called Nootropics Depot, which did an independent lab test of some of these trichesterone supplements that are all over YouTube, all over social media. And it turns out that this compound is barely even in these supplements, which is why I always say I'm so glad to work with a company that's fully transparent about what they're putting out there between you guys and also Ned. And my question really regarding this would be, uh, you know, how do you avoid the temptation to put out these fad supplements that that you know don't work, but that would be great sellers, as opposed to something that's you know practical and that is great use and that's proven to work, but it's not the magic pull, pill or magic bullet because all that stuff turns out to be nonsense. I always feel that, that's a great question. So you, you remember that old acronym about Kiss? Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Yeah. Some of the best answers lie in the simplicity of, of, of what we have around us in nature. It's as simple as that. Like, like you don't have to invent something or find what is that stuff made of? It's like, it's like some sort of insect steroid and like plant steroid, like all <laughs> wrapped up together. And it's like, yeah, people want those 
problems to solve, right? Like they want like, oh my God, it's going to save my testosterone. It's going to give me endless energy. I'm going to, I'm going to get huge and lift weights. Like, no, 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 go lift the weights. So this ties back to the fitness and doing the work, right? The, the magic pill does not exist. Like I've got a collagen brand and MCT oil powder brand, and we're going to talk quickly on what those do. They are not magic pills, right? Collagen is ground up cowhide. It is unflavored, heat tolerant. It is an incomplete protein that does amazing things for your connective tissue. Why? It's not because of some insect steroid. It's because it's cowhide. Okay, so what's in it? Uh, a blend of amino acids. So I always like talking about joint health because it's my favorite one that I respond well to. And it's the number one issue that I've had is I've got achy joints. Well, in every scoop of our product, every scoop, there's four grams of glycine. Glycine is an amino acid. Glycine is the amino acid that specifically helps with production of synovial fluid. Synovial fluid, as we all know, lubricates the joints. So it's really simple. Look at your amino acids and what they do for different parts of the body. There's amino acids for hair growth, like, you know, that's going to stimulate growth in keratin. There's, you know, the glycine, which helps on the sleep side. It helps with, um, you know, with joint health, like we already talked about. And like, you just read the back panel. It's all there for you. And it's in effective dosage. So you're just going from nature and taking what you've got. Same thing on MCT oil powder. All that is, is coconut oil. Okay. You guys see coconut oil at the grocery store every day. You take coconut oil. It's a long chain uh, fatty acid and you break it into a medium chain. You just break it into smaller fatty acid chains. Why? Your body absorbs it faster for energy. Your brain uses those healthy fats for fuel. And that fuel is mental clarity, mental focus. So, hey, you look at MCT and you go, oh, this is basically a functional creamer. I, I'm creaming my coffee or my smoothie or soup or whatever, and I'm going to get mental clarity and energy benefits from it. There's great gut health benefits from it. And it's all coconut-based. It's just a coconut. The powder is just tapioca starch. There's two ingredients in it. Like, you can do so much with such simple things. Uh, you know, we're launching an electrolyte product, a hydration product, in, uh, in a couple of weeks. I'm psyched that's awesome. It's going to be fun. So we, we called it hydrate or die. And because, uh, <laughs> you know, we got to have yeah. some fun with it. But <clears throat> it's all based on two ingredients, evaporated coconut water. That's it. Just take coconut water, which is loaded with potassium, a little yeah. magnesium in it, and evaporate it down to powder and add a quality mineral salt to it. So because, you know, you need sodium, you need potassium, you need chloride, and you need magnesium for a functional electrolyte formula. You can do that with two ingredients. So skip all the crap that's out there with all the scientific names of ingredients you don't understand. And you can go for something that is going to truly benefit every time you sweat in a hundred plus degree heat. Good Lord. You're going to have a functional <laughs> electrolyte. That's just sourced from that same coconut that I'm getting my healthy fats from. And so that's the idea is, is just keep it simple. We don't need to like find the most obscure plants in, ineffective doses and then hop on to Joe Rogan to get some sort of conversation started about something that's going to sell a million units, but be full of shit. Yeah, I'd yeah. rather genuinely change a life. I'd rather genuinely help someone on their wellness journey than think of something and be like, Oh, I think this is going to really go. This Turkey stuff's going to be awesome. <laughs> no offense. Turkey. It might work. 
I honestly, that was really my next, I just wanted to talk more about both because we hadn't talked about it a whole bunch. And that was, I guess the only thing is uh, just mentioning that. And I saw that you guys are in vitamin shop now, which is, I think that's pretty awesome. I, I mean, that you're actually on the shelves and, and starting to move in. So it's just not online, which to me, that shows that you're extremely successful and it's working. And I know the stuff works, obviously. I take it, been taking it for two years. It's freaking awesome. Um, and do you see anything in the future vitamin shop? Are you talking to other people as well, getting in more stores, maybe even grocery stores and so forth? How is that is my, what's the future look like for that now as on the shelves, just in, just in stores where people don't have to just order it online. They can actually go down to their local market or health food store and find it. Yeah. You, you know, that's been an important part of the business. I, I mean, our business was founded direct to consumer. It was our website, Amazon, get in yep. the hands of folks that want to have bubs and we didn't know a thing about grocery store. We didn't know a thing about vitamin shop. We didn't, we didn't know that business. Well, uh, when we were hitting the four-year mark, like, well, you know, like this might make sense. Um, and remember, we do a lot of this around the idea that, hey, 10% of profits is, is yeah. going to military charity. It's going to Glenn's charity. It's going to these causes. Well, if you're not profitable, you're not donating anything. So one of the things we've been wary about with, with retail is that you don't make a lot of money. Yeah. In fact, you actually go negative for a long time before you make money. So, you know, we looked at the business and said, okay, well, this is a channel that's not going to be profitable. Therefore, we're not fulfilling our mission. Therefore, it's not a priority. Okay. But then there's that other argument that says, when you are in vitamin shop, you're more accessible. You can reach yeah. more people. And in the long run, you're going to be more profitable and you're going to be able to help more people out, you know, with charitable giving and, and just with the entire cause. So we had to make peace with that and, and re recognize that, Hey, this is a long game. We're here to make a difference long-term, which means we're going to go into vitamin shop. We're going to go into grocery stores. We're going to take our time and do it thoughtfully, but we're going to expand out. And then eventually, you know, people will hear about the brand on battle line. They'll go to their local grocery store and see it there and it'll be convenient. They won't have to pay for shipping. Yeah. They'll just say, Hey, look, it's right here. I can grab this. Oh yeah. You know, Ian was talking about this. I want to check it out. You know, Chris was talking about this. Let me, let me, let me, let me grab some. So we need to be in more touch points because if someone listens to the podcast and they go, Hey, that's a good idea. I'm, I'm kind of inspired, but they don't actually go and yeah. make the purchase. Well then, you know, we, we didn't do our job, but if they see us later, and they make that connection, then, hey, we have to go down that road. Yeah. yeah, but if yeah. but if you do see it, I, as I always say, you're going to get a better deal through us. So, of course, go to bubsnaturals.com, use the promo code BATTLELINE, and you're going to get the best deal. Um, before we go, unless you have anything else, Chris, I wanted to mention two things real quick um, that are unrelated to all this. Brad Thor's new book, Rising Tiger, is out now. It's great. It's a great book. We're going to have him on in two weeks, and I wanted to promote it out because – and this is Brad's 21st book in the series. And the fact that he's had that longevity is completely incredible. And he's always been a loyal supporter of everything I've done, quite honestly. And this podcast, he's one of those guys who will put something up that we put on his main page and give us credit. And he's gotten us a ton of followers that way. So I always support everything Brad does. He's just a quality guy. And I'm excited to talk to him again. So go out and buy Rising Tiger. And then the other thing I wanted to mention, and I know this guy was trying to get in touch with you, Chris, 
uh mike m our friend from stallion squad fitness at stallion squad fitness on instagram has teamed up with colorado springs vfw for this annual pig roast and bench press contest and mike is personally donating ten dollars per rep to the 14th hour foundation Um, so he was like i want to get in touch with chris and i told him i would talk about this on the show so august 13th uh from 12 to 2 p.m if you're in the area at the VFW post 6461 in Foundation, Colorado. They're going to have that bench press uh, contest and they're going to have the pig roast. And um, is it Foundation or, or is it Fountain? Big Mike, you're talking about Big Mike. Big Mike. Yeah, bench press. yeah who, yeah, who loves Mike. Tonto oh, yeah. Vodka. And he yeah, told yeah. me that that Ben Morgan is going to be supplying some Tonto Vodka. Yeah. And they actually got in touch with me and he was like, could Chris sign some books? We'd like to auction them off for 14th Hour Foundation. So I told him I would mention it to you and I told him I would mention it on the podcast. So, okay, so yeah, so we're going to have at a fitness place, we're going to do vodka and not Bubs Natural. It'll blend. It'll blend in well. <laughs> Just... <laughs> that's it though that's it right there man go to the bench press contest knock back a vodka celebrate life like that's it ties all back together and you know like that's that's what i love about you guys like you're you're touching on different elements of life and adventure and and you know and, and inspiration and just getting people hopefully to think a level past themselves and get out there and go do the thing yeah, just do it. Just do it, man. I li- I live, live. I would just say, die young as late as possible. And I love that. Bingo. Dude, I, I love that, man. Dude, Sean, you're awesome. And, and I'm glad we mentioned this. Yeah, Big Mike, if you haven't checked out Bubs too, Big Mike, if you're listening, get your people at the gym. Get Bubs in your gym, dude. You guys are going to feel it. And Big Mike does. I, he had what he was doing reps with four plates on each side. Like, insane oh yeah so he's good, he's a power it's, lifter he's it's good to have friends guy. like that too yeah it's good to have <laughs> friends like that definitely yeah, it is <laughs> and i should mention follow sean's personal yes. instagram at s lake o at s lake o uh and at bubs naturals for everything else this has been awesome i know that we always go along anytime we have you on yeah, but there's so much stuff to talk about and i think fingers crossed this little Jenna Jameson clip might go viral. I would, I would love to see it because you know what? It's a fun, it's a funny clip and it's fun. And if it makes people check out the entire podcast in its entirety, maybe buy Bob's naturals and maybe get some inspiration from this show, then I hopefully I think we're doing our job in, in that sense. Listen, I'm, I, I, I'm conflicted right now. I feel like a part of me did not do my job and I should have lied and said that Glenn was such a legend. That he shacked up with Jenna Jameson, (laughs) but he did not, but he did not. However, there are many, many, many women in that line (laughs) that can say that they had some quality time with Glenn. I can say that. (laughs) I'm I'm sure he wasn't hurting. Glenn was a blonde haired, blue eyed surfer. I don't know if his eyes were blue. I never looked at him that closely. It felt awkward to look at his eyes that close. Just get a real close and personal. Yeah. I'm assuming they were blue, but. I'm sure he did just, Glenn did just fine. I'm not, I'm not even, and honestly, I thought it was cool too and to have Tito, Tito Ortiz, when you mentioned, he, he really supported us when the book and the movie came out, he was big on Instagram to get the truth out and, yeah. you know, and keeping here. And I, so if he ever listened to this, I never got, I honestly, I want to tell him thank you because I think he was one of the first, I don't know, mainstream people with big accounts on social media that actually, that actually backed us. Uh, so I honestly, that really cool. I there's a homework assignment here. This is Ian reaching out to Tito to get him cool. on the podcast, so you guys could have that same conversation. Just ask him what how was Tabula with love, Glenn Doherty? 
you guys, they went fishing together. They hung out like, you know, every day. Yeah, I didn't know that. Did, Chris, did you know that until now? I knew that I knew that he was friends with Tito based off of the Jenna. Got you. And, but but he, I, I, I never, I, I agree. Never really... He'd be great to get on. I have no <laughs> idea of the connection there. We love yeah. having UFC guys on, but the Glenn Doherty connection, I had no idea. We'll get him on, Sean. Definitely. Here we go. I really Thank you, man. You're, you're awesome, bro. It's always great talking to you. And sorry to keep you long again. Always do. Sorry, bro. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love catching up with you guys. Thanks so much for having us on. I love supporting the show and, and just being a part of the Battleline family. This is amazing. Uh, you're the man. God bless you. And keep, hey, man, keep me fed. I'm fucking, <laughs> I feel awesome. So keep me fed, brother. I got you. Got you covered on that front. Both Thanks, of you guys. Man. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks so much. Sir. That's all for this episode of the Battleline Podcast. But we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never, never. quit. quit.